EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, week after week, month after month, and year after year. Uh, As I said a couple of shows ago, uh, we're coming up to September uh, will be uh, the two-year mark for uh, my show, so I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I want to give a big, huge shout-out and thank you for all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for joining in tonight. Uh, just a quick note, all my new listeners, my radio show is a financial and life empowerment show focusing in on improving your financial outlook. But it doesn't stop there. I'm here to give you some life lessons. That means educating you in the other important areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, to help you live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, excuse me, I am here to help you. So with that being said, if if you are in need of a speaker, I know from time to time, uh, speaker needs come up for different organizations and businesses that are out there. And if you're needing a speaker in the areas of financial literacy, banking, general business, life skill training, empowerment, or just motivational, I would love to uh, have the opportunity to meet the needs of your organization. Uh, You can please contact me at my website at www.shipmanconsulting.com. Click on the Contact Us tab. Complete the form with the details, and I will surely get back with you and see if we can schedule something. I would love to uh, meet the needs of your organization, like I said. So tonight, uh, in the 15th episode of the Women and the Finances series here on the Shape Your Finances show, I have to say again, I know I say it every week, but it's getting better and better and better. Uh, these, this series uh, has been an absolute blessing. It's been a delight having all the different guests that I've had here on the show, the different backgrounds, different stories, uh, the things that we've talked about from the challenges to the achievements, all from the perspective of women. So if you have not heard the first uh, uh, set of episodes, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, you can go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com. I've actually created a page uh, dedicated to the show, and I have all of the pictures of everyone that's been here on the, as a guest. And you just click on any uh, particular show or listen to all of the shows so you can catch up with what's going on right now. 
And like I said, it will be going from, it started back in January, and we will be running this particular series through the month of August. So um, make sure you uh, stay tuned for tonight's show, but definitely take part in the previous shows as well. Uh, tonight, the call-in number with your questions or your comments, you can come call in at 917-889-8078. Uh, again, that number is 917-889-8078. And if you didn't know, uh, you can listen to the replays of uh, the show. Uh, we are now on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, and most recently, Spotify. Um, so we've got different platforms where you can listen in uh, to the show. Oh, well, let's get started. So I don't have any delays of time. I want to give as much time as I possibly can. Well, tonight, my guest is the founder of Healthy Boss Ladies and Step Into Freedom. She, uh, she oh, goodness, let me not mess up this. <laughs> Cledra Gross, Gross, excuse me, I, I can't get my words right tonight. Let me get some water here. Cledra Gross is dedicated to showing women of faith how to release weight and gain the confidence and focus to step into bigger. Cledra uses her background as a trained chemical engineer, her 21-year corporate background, as well as her double certifications in coaching to teach clear step-by-step life coaching systems, strategies, and models to help her clients confidently step into bigger things in life in a body that they love. Cledra believes that health is the foundation for the highest quality life possible, but it doesn't have to be an obsession or feel like deprivation. Her philosophy is simple. She provides a clear step-by-step system to release weight and to step into a bigger life. She believes that women of faith should lead and model what it means to be in good health and to live a big life. She also believes it doesn't have to be an unhealthy obsession with extreme workouts or meal plans that eliminate food groups. She believes there is a divine plan for you that only you can walk out. Her popular Healthy Boss Lady and Step Into Freedom programs provide biblical principles, life coaching, and neuroscience with a focus on living a confident big life. Her programs use clear models that allow women to effectively manage their mind and their habits to support what they really want. Now let's welcome to the show with my, my I guess, my mistakes in the beginning, uh, Miss Cledra Gross. Hello, Cledra. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> Hello, Lionel. It's wonderful to be here. No problem. I'm excited thank to be you, here. Congratulations you. on your series. It sounds amazing. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much. And like I said, I, I guess I need to drink a little bit more water here to clear up my little dry mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That is okay. all right. Yeah. But thank you so much again, like I said, being here on the show. So let's get started. Um, as I do with all my guests, I love hearing the different stories, uh, especially money stories of different people, of how they experience money uh, and, you know, growing up. So with that being said, Will you please share your money story tonight? Absolutely. I would love to. So I am an only child, and I can say that from my perspective, I thought 
we had a whole lot of money, you know, and because right. everything that my parents, uh, you know, had was divided by one. And it wasn't <laughs> until my father purchased the grocery store that I really could get wrap my arms around, you know, what it really took to run a household. And the the bottom line money story was that it was hard work, that you had to work hard to get it. And mm-hmm. that, if you worked hard to get it, that you could have as much of it as you wanted. But it had to come with hard work. And that's a story that, you know, in the last decade I've had to switch around because, as we all know, there are lots of people who work hard who um, are financially in bondage. Yes. So true. So true. Yes. Yes. Right. So I had to expand from the hard work to letting the money work for you and in and, and this season realizing that while the work ethic that I um, had as a child or that was instilled in me as a child, that has served me well, the thing that I've had to add was that until you can not work and make money, that's when you really shift into actual wealth. And so mm-hmm. that's, you know, but, but it it was really founded from the growing up perspective in um, working hard, having a strong work ethic, and not being afraid to do the difficult things to get what you really wanted in life. Gotcha. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love the, the part, uh, even though it's, it's hard work is nothing wrong with hard work. I always say work smarter, not necessarily harder. And, and uh, that's quite interesting. So you were uh, uh, only child. Ah, I'm an only child. Can't... Absolutely. That's interesting. Uh, now, my wife is not the only child, but she was the only girl. And here it is now we have two girls of our own. So, uh, you know, being raised with boys, it was definitely a transition for her to raise <laughs> girls. And then seeing you as an only child, I'm quite sure there was some Because <laughs> you were so used to having things just solely for yourself. It's quite interesting how you were able to kind of shift your mind to say, hey, uh, the world does exist just outside of you alone. So, <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly right. I remember when I was 16, my dad took me to a car dealership, and I'll never forget it. It was on a hill, and he said, you can pick out anything you want on this lot, and I want you to always view life that way, that you can pick anything you want. And so I had a very strong um, money mindset that I could have what I wanted. Um, you know, however, like you just said, that comes with uh, some, some uh, there's an asterisk beside that. There's a lot that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now tell us how did you transition uh, from corporate America into what you're doing now? You know, kind of share with us you know, what or either who influenced you to start your business and what you're doing? I always say that my business chose me. I did not choose it. I will tell you the plans that I had were uh-huh. to be the mother of three children, to eventually stay home and to be a housewife. But what ended up happening is um, my first marriage dissolved and I wasn't able to have biological children. And so I found myself in what I call just an emotional tsunami. I, I had It was the first time in my life that this whole premise of work hard and you'll get it wasn't working. 
I'd worked mm. hard at a marriage. It failed. I'd worked hard to be, you know, a mom, and that wasn't um, working. That wasn't what God had for me. And so it was in that season of of darkness. It was really a wilderness season that the birth of my company, it was actually I was in Utah, um, and Plan B Coaching, B-E, it was all about your being and your essence, and that's how my um, first company was born. It was actually born out of a, a premise of what happens when life doesn't go as planned. Mm. Yeah, wow, and I, I went on to write a book. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just listening. Go ahead. So that's how the company was, uh, the, the first company was born, and, and it was out of a need that I had in that season because it was a real crisis of identity because, like I said, I, I really had the confidence. Up until, like, age 31, I, I call that my green light season. If I wanted it, I put it on a vision board, I got it. And, you know, entering the season where we all at some point come to that crossroad where the challenge is beyond your hard work. It's a, it's a yeah. season where um, God is getting something out of you. He's not giving things to you. And so the demand on my emotional maturity and spiritual maturity resulted in my first book, Rewrite Your Story, um, because what I found in that season is that a lot of women, a lot of people for that matter, when they get to those crossroads of, I didn't see this coming, I call it the four Ds. It's either a disappointment, a death, a devastation, or, or a, um, a, uh, a diagnosis. Those are mm. the things that disrupt us and cause us to just say, now, who am I in this? And so my business met that need of how do you rewrite your story when you find yourself in a season where this is going nothing like I expected with my life. It's amazing how life happens like that. I mean, to blindside you. I mean, it's, I, I, I remember uh, throughout my career uh, one or two times being blindsided uh, with being either laid off uh, or, you know, or consolidated on. You know, I remember years ago, worked at a particular bank. I won't call the name, but uh started to work and everything is going well. And all of a sudden, HR comes into my office, sits down and says, Lionel, there have been some changes. Your position um, is being affected immediately. And do you have any questions? So I said, well, yeah. What's How, how soon is immediately? He said, well, give me your key, give me your laptop, and I give you 15 minutes to, <laughs> to clean out your desk. And, and you're right. Uh, sometimes those devastations happen, and you sometimes question yourself, uh, either question God, like, okay, this is not the script that I wrote. You know, this <laughs> we're, we're going right. away from the script that I had planned. And, and sometimes it takes some time to kind of recoup and, you know, get yourself back on uh, the road where you need to be. Now, so tell us, how, how did you recover then from, I uh, say, from your divorce and basically just starting over in every category uh, of your life? H how did you recover? You know, the interesting thing is if the divorce and the, um, you know, loss of, of my last pregnancy ending tragically wasn't enough, at the same time, the job that I had was about to be dissolved. And so I was living in North Carolina at the time, and I had a choice to go to Philadelphia or to Atlanta, go to Atlanta. And so I visited, visited Philadelphia. Didn't That didn't fit with me. I, at heart, I'm a small-town uh, girl with big city 
feel. So I moved to Atlanta <laughs> and, um, you know, sold what was my dream home at the time and really started at ground zero in an apartment. I had owned two homes and um, had to sell those, and, and I was in a lot of debt from my divorce. And so the first step was really I decided to have a loving divorce. I know it might sound like what, but I was yeah. determined to not hold on to the pain in that because I didn't want to carry that on. And that's when a part of my life's work began helping other people because I would go to support groups and I would hear people who had been divorced eight, nine, 15 years, and they were still talking about it as if it had just happened. Mm. And I was just determined to not be that woman. And I would go to support groups with women who had had miscarriages or had lost their babies. And there were women who were still like reliving the pain of it. And again, I, I just made a decision that I was not going to be that woman because it went back to who God is in my life. And I, I felt like at the end of the day that if it wasn't supposed to go this way, it wouldn't have, that God is big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to have changed it, and he chose not to. And so the onus then was on me to say, then who do I need to be in this? And allowing God to rebuild my identity as a single woman rebuild my identity as um, not having children. And that's literally the way it happened. And so I, I hired a, a relationship coach first because I really wanted to heal. I didn't want to just move on and start dating other people. I didn't date for like two years to really mm -hmm. just get into, Cleasure, why did you make those choices? You know, it's so easy to blame the other person, but I, I took 100% responsibility for my, my part in it. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't allow myself to blame anyone, <laughs> not even me. It was, okay, what now? Um, and I had gained over 70 pounds. I'd almost doubled in size, so I knew I needed to get my health back together. So I started running and yes. really focusing on getting the, the, the scripture that came to me in that season was lay aside the weight and run the race. And it wasn't just the physical weight I had accumulated from the pregnancy and just emotionally eating, but it, it, there was a lot of spiritual weight and emotional weight and shame. Right. My parents, before my dad passed, had been married 45 years, and both sets of grandparents had been married 55-plus years. So wow. I had shame that I had to deal with. Yes, but now looking back, it was such a gift. It was such a gift because in that crushing, so much came out of me that then came back to uh, elevate me in a way um, spiritually and emotionally in terms of maturity that I never imagined I'd be able to see life through the eyes that I see today. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, it's it's amazing how when these life events happen, uh, it's important uh, that you learn uh, that there's always something to learn from it. Uh, it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to grow as a person, and it actually matures you for the future. Uh, and, it, and it's encouraging to hear, actually inspiring to hear even tonight uh, for some of the uh, people, some of the ladies that may be hearing tonight that have gone through or may be going through similar things that you can come out. You know, uh, it may take some time, but when you uh, properly get people in your life, and uh, uh, just always make notes as, as uh, guests are talking, you know, you came out of your divorce the right way. You had a relationship coach 
uh, and then you begin to just hold yourself responsible and accountable going forward of how you're going to do things uh, in your future. So I, lo- I love how you phrase that. Right. And taking ownership is something that I see to this day. So many um, women are blaming the circumstance that happened. And it's not to minimize the severity and the pain, but I always tell people, you know, you retelling it is what's keeping it alive now. You have a choice. You know, we don't have a choice about our past, but we have 100% choice and responsibility about where, where we're going to go from here and how we tell the story to ourselves about our past. And yeah. it's being intentional to say that I believe all things work together for my good. And that's Romans 8.28, and 8.28 is my birthday. And it's <laughs> just being grounded in the fact that I believe, yes, it is my it, it's you know, a believer's birthright, that it's all at some point going to work together for your good. But there's some criteria with that. It's for those who are doing what they purpose to be here to do. And so right. when I got in that, that lineup of exactly why I was sent here, the shame of not being a mother or the shame of um, getting divorced, it went away. It went away. I'd even say that I was a Christian snob before that season because I felt like, you know, that scripture, ask and it'll be given, knock and the door will be open. I felt like people who didn't yeah. have what they wanted, they were just lazy. And I realized wow. that sometimes we want some things that the Lord has said no, and that's a complete sentence. He's not going, it's, it's not going to change. And it has nothing to do with that person's work ethic or desire. Right. And I was humbled in that season to understand that. Wow, it's it's so fun. I'm kind of laughing a little bit because you say you said something that my wife always says. Uh, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> right, that's right, that's right. And we cannot manipulate God. It is no, a complete you can't. sentence. <laughs> yes, no, it is. Absolutely. No. If that's not for you, it's not going to be for you. Period. Right, and, and there's a reason why he's saying no. You know, there uh, is a reason. There is yeah. a reason, and yeah, I, and I was able yeah. to give birth to, like you said, a company and a movement that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely cool. Now hold on, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the conversation here. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna be right back uh, with our guest tonight, uh, Miss Cledra. I get your name right this time. Uh, gross. Uh, so please <laughs> hold on. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? 
or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network. Well, welcome back, and we're continuing our discussion with Ms. Cleidra Gross in the 15th episode of the Women in Finances series here on the Shape Your Finances show. Uh, so, Cleidra, let's kind of uh, skip some, well, click to another gear, I would say, uh, and go into um, what I call some of the challenges and struggles uh, that uh, you faced along the way. Can you kind of give us a glimpse into your life of you know, when you transitioned and you got your own business now? What are some of the challenges or struggles that uh, you have faced along the way, either personally or professionally? you can please share some of those with us sure the you know the the biggest challenge is you you I, I like to look at it as you're standing on one side of the fence and you're like oh I can't wait until I transition out of corporate America I can't wait until I get you know working full-time for myself and so you get that not realizing that your goal your reward for the last challenge is a, is a new challenge <laughs> so just right. accepting that as an entrepreneur there are always challenges. You know, when you have a job, it's just a set, uh, a set of skills or things you have to do. But an entrepreneur, the creativity, the ingenuity, just keeping your company um, constantly evolving and looking at the mm-hmm. trends. So I would say that the challenge of just the, it's an entirely different mindset of recognizing that challenges will be forever. That's just a part of this. <laughs> And that, like I said, the reward for overcoming the challenge is a new challenge. And being okay with that as opposed to thinking, like, in my corporate job, there was a set of tasks to do in the day, and I check those off, and that's it. Well, I have to cut myself off (laughs) with working for myself because (laughs) there's always more that could be done. (laughs) And so Uh that's that's definitely been the biggest mindset shift that, kind of roll with it and not think anything's wrong because there are challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes it makes me want to, uh, I was speaking with a past guest, uh, Miss Keisha Rivers, and we both had agreed as we were talking that sometimes, you know, being in business for yourself uh, and going through everything, you know, because your face as the owner, everything comes to your, 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 your desk. I mean, Trouble or, or, or accomplishment, everything. whatever it is, in between, <laughs> everything comes to you. So every now and then you have those thoughts of, boy, maybe I should go back into corporate America. <laughs> at least oh, I know absolutely. Yeah, yeah, at least we have a set routine and I have a certain amount of responsibility. I don't have full responsibility of everything. So I, I agree with you so much that yeah, new challenges will always be there. And that's not always a bad thing because sometimes, be sometimes people look at challenges as, as, as in a negative, but challenges can be in a positive as well because it, it promotes growth and gives you more opportunities. So. 
That's exactly right. And just learning, you know, trends that maybe you would be given in a corporate job in terms of year over year, what happens in your business seasonally, looking at things like that, that was totally new for me because trends were given to me. And so now my company is, you know, those trends are being created. And so looking at it and being able to evaluate on a personal level that, you know, that has been a challenge, but it's one that has caused me to step up my game, as I mentioned, from the mindset standpoint to recognize that that's just a part of it. It's, it's just a yeah. part of it and it's nothing to be alarmed. So I've, I've had to work on not being alarmed. I'm very type A. So it's, I've had to learn to just be okay that I can't control all of it. <laughs> Right, I hear you. So, so how so how do you overcome these challenges? I just say, uh, do you have like a certain methodology that you use, or or you take it as you go? How how do you do that? I do. So I I do what I call a brain dump, where I write down everything I'd like to accomplish, and I do this in a notebook. I write it all down. And this is how I, I, I tell people to throw away their to-do list. You first do the brain dump, and then I only circle the three that would move the needle the most for me for that week. And I only allow myself to tackle those three. And so that helps my mind. I, I first of all get it all out, but then my focus is narrowed down to those three things that I know will, you know, every business, the lifeblood is a new client. And then it's also taking care of the clients I have and, and making sure they're served well. And so I make sure that, that those three um, critical success factors that I have every week are what I'm focused on. If I get those done before the week's up, I can go back to that notebook and add. But that helps me manage my mind um, so that I get it out, but then I, I then say, okay, but what are the three? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way I manage challenges. Gotcha. Usually okay. it's the overwhelm from thinking you have so much to do. And so when you put it on paper, you realize, you know, I'd need a 50-hour a day to do this. And that's just not me, anybody. It's too much. No, got so. that right. I'm, I'm not doing 50 <laughs> hours anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. And so when I direct my mind to say just what are the three things, it's amazing how that's what always bubbles up to the top. And those are the three that I've been put in a journal and I'm very clear about time blocking every day. And I mm-hmm. also have had to learn to time block fun because you can yeah. not have any white space in your day as, as an entrepreneur, if you're not careful. I agree to and that. So I, I like make sure <laughs> I've yeah. had to schedule white space um, and be intentional about that as well, because it helps me mentally face the challenges in a way where I have, you know, really measured thinking as opposed to emotional reaction. Yeah, good point. Now I want to ask you kind of a, another question just to follow up with that. Um, it, delving into your, your clientele and your interaction with uh, with the people that you serve, why is it so difficult sometimes to get people to regard their overall health, be it physically, be it emotionally, or even financially? In your in your experience, why is it so difficult to get people to regard their overall health? I think it's difficult because we are conditioned to think, first of all, that it's going to be easy. That once you make that decision to whether it's lose the physical weight or whether it's to heal from something like a divorce or a layoff, what is not talked about enough is that it will be painful. 
it mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong when it's painful. And so leaning into that pain, so for example, when you stop eating over uh, life and, and buffering, that's what I call it with my clients, then what's left is your life. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the tools when you are faced with that life, you'll go back to that vice, whether the vice is food or shopping, overspending, overeating, whatever, over overwhelm. It's an absence of tools. And so and that's why my life's work is about putting those tools in people's hands. And those tools aren't just a workout and a meal plan like you read in my bio. I spent years struggling with weight focused on that. And that's not the focus. It really comes down to your thinking. Mm-hmm. When people ask me what was the main reason I was able to lose the weight and do the, do these different things and, and lead corporate America, it's because of disciplined thinking. Because without that, you're into emotional, what I call emotional childhood, and you're you're reacting to life as opposed to directing. Okay. I love and those that. are drastically different things. I, I think at it from a from a financial standpoint, that's one of the biggest things that uh, when I'm speaking or dealing with anyone one on one, I always the groundwork of what I do uh, is definitely money management. But it deals primarily with mindset, attitude, and the way we think, the way we organize, the way we structure. Uh, those are some of the main, that's, to me, that's the main foundation pretty much for anything that we do, be it our physical health, emotional health, phys, uh, uh, financial health. If we don't have the right mindset uh, or sometimes we need to change our mindset, uh, Sometimes we need to pick up that mirror and look at look at ourselves straight on with all transparency and say, you know what, my mindset needs to change in order for my life to change. So uh, thank you Absolutely. for those. Absolutely, and and I would say yes, the mindset. And then the second part is we aren't taught how to feel. So in other words, if we feel anything other than good or blissful, we think that something's wrong with that and so that's why we want to buy something we want to eat something we want to overwork and so what I help my clients do is really learn how to feel bad and know that it's okay I mean we live in a society that we're constantly marketed to to buy something to change the way we feel when really the price of entry to whatever you want the price of entry is being okay to hold discomfort it's being okay to sit with uncertainty and pain and doubt and, and still take action. And when you can get the mindset paired with being able to feel the whole emotional range that we are blessed to feel as opposed to numbing it when it's bad, numbing it with mm-hmm. like a spending or eating, then that's when you get your, your entry to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we need to feel that pain because sometimes we won't move until we feel some pain. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And we will not evolve in terms of our maturity. Right. And that's what I tell yeah. my clients. It's no no different than when you're in a corporate job and you want a promotion. Most of the time, you have been doing the work of that promotion months before, and you're like, I've been doing that job forever. And it's the same in this, it, spiritually and emotionally. We have to expand into it before we actually can receive it and hold on to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. So, so what are some life lessons uh, that you can share with us tonight that you have learned along uh, your journey here? 
One is to really guard your inner circle. You have to be careful with who you are, listen, who, who has access to your ear. And the second thing will be what you watch. You want to surround yourself with people who, where you can see um, the impact of being disciplined and denying yourself and being going through that discomfort. So I would say the ear and the eye, those, those are, are huge life lessons that I've had to learn because in this journey there are people that I've wanted to take with me because I really liked them and I cared about them, but I realized their language and what they were doing, it was a hindrance. They didn't mean for it to be, but just what they wanted in life and what I wanted, they, were, they required two very different things. Yeah. And so just being okay to, and when I say let people go, I mean just maybe they just don't have a seat as close as they used to have. Yeah. And so you, you have to limit the time and just kind of reposition them in your life because otherwise you will revert back to what's familiar when you know that you have an assignment that's totally different. And and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong there's with that. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> right, because there Absolutely. will be new people. I can promise you there will be there will be a time where you're like, okay, there's no one, and then there will be new people who they get you. They they get the yeah. season you're in. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes it's it's kind of I always tell uh, I, I tease my, my, my daughters. They're uh, 18 and 16 years old, and they always talk about, you know, I, I have – I have this many friends and uh, they they have like 13, 14 different friends. And I've been trying to teach them even at this young tender age uh, in these teenage years. I said, babies, uh, as you get older and especially when you become an adult, you are not going to have 15 friends. And they look at me like, what? I said, no, you're going to have a core of people that are probably going to be less than five of People that you can say, oh, now they are my friend. They are there in the good, the bad, the indifferent. They are there to uh, support you. Uh, they are there to discipline you. They are there to put their put their foot in your back if need be, and they're there to you know, shoulder the cry on. So you don't have a whole lot of people in what I call that that inner circle. So, and there's nothing wrong with uh, eliminating it sometime because you're trying to move forward. And if they're not wanting to help you move forward and not wanting to move forward themselves, sometimes you're right. We just have to just kind of leave them at the at the door and no love lost. But uh, sometimes we have to do that in order to move forward. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and to just know what season you're in, because every season um, places you in a different position of demand on your time, your focus, your energy. You know, my clients who have, you know, children who are still in school, I tell them, you're not going to be able to do the same thing as the woman with the empty nest. And it's okay. That's yeah. your season. And yeah. it's, it's knowing what's required of you in that season and not yeah. trying Absolutely. to fit what you did in a previous season in this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Now, of course, time is moving on. I want to give some time to, uh, if you can tell us, give us your uh, contact information, website, any books, anything that uh, you have uh, with your company or any particular workshops, anything, uh, what, what should we expect from you uh, going forward, uh, Cleetra? You can share this with us at right this time. Thank you. No, I have an event coming up in Atlanta, September 28th. It's called Step Into Freedom Live, 
And it's all about setting women free from overwhelm, procrastination, inconsistency. And you can go to Cledra.com. That's my website. So spelled, I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. Um, so yeah. Cledra.com, and you'll see Step Into Freedom Live. That's the next big thing that I have coming up. And I also have opportunities to do private coaching with me. If you're in that season where you're like, what do I do now? Then I am definitely the life coach for you to help you um, start to move forward. And I, I'm a witness that you can move forward from um, some painful things and, and make it amazing. Good. Now, you mentioned about some books that you uh, wrote as well. You can let us know that. Absolutely. The first book I wrote was Rewrite Your Story, and that's available at Amazon. And I also have a book, Becoming a Successful Coach, What I Wish I Had Known Before Investing $90,000. So there are a lot of people I know out there interested in becoming a life coach, and these are nuggets that I learned along the way, which is well over $90,000 now that I've invested to get where I am, that I wish I had known, and I just want to give back. And so that's another great book to pick up. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, Cledra, thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful that we have a, a good relationship. You know, I remember the first time speaking with you, and then we talked about being a guest here on the show. So thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Lionel. I really appreciate you, and thanks to all of those li- you listening. Okay, all right. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the past episodes, you can visit my website at www.shipmanconsulting.com. Click on the microphone and it'll take you over to the radio show page. Or you can listen to the shows on Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you have not touched bases with me on social media, I would encourage you to do so. You can catch me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you next week, but before we go... Uh, We're going to go out. You know, I always have to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. So tonight we're going to go out with a little bit of Marion Meadows. Take care, everyone. We will see you and talk to you next week. Take care.